Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the sixth part in our series going through the Gospel of Mark. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. This is your first time at Kingdom Church. Hey, I'm so glad you guys could be here. My name's Harrison. Uh, Everyone watching online, we love you as well. And uh, we're just continuing right now. We're in part six. Uh, of a series going through the Gospel of Mark. And uh, hey, if you're not new to Kingdom Church, can you make some noise if you've been here for this series at all? So good. Hey, listen, God works amazing things in this place, but God also does amazing things online. So hey, uh, if you want to share a link, uh, those watching online, those in the building, when you go home, uh, if something has encouraged you, inspired you, led you closer to Jesus, I encourage you to share a link. Uh, But we're going today in Mark chapter 9. If you're with us last week, we were also in Mark chapter 9. So I'm just continuing down the path a little bit. Uh, Starting in verse 30, it says this. It says, they left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. So he said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise But they didn't understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Verse 33, they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, Jesus asked the disciples, hey, what were you guys arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Who was the greatest? Verse 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12, and he said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all, the servant of all. I wanna call our message this morning, it's super simple. Uh, I just wanna call this how to be great, how to be great. Hey, can you guys clap your hands for the worship team? You guys can be seated. Thank you so much to our worship team. Thank you so much, everyone uh, on the building. I'm gonna give this to you, I don't know whose phone that is. It's not mine. Hey, so glad you guys could be here. If this is your first time, my name's Harrison. Uh, Again, just honored you guys could be here. Uh, This morning, if you guys couldn't uh, tell by the title, uh, I want to talk about how to be great. How to be great. Uh, Now, the thing about greatness uh, is that when it comes to this idea of greatness, uh, greatness is subjective. And what I mean by that is that every single person has a different definition of greatness, right? We all consider uh, different things great. We all have different ways for which we measure greatness. Now, there are probably a couple things that we agree on when it comes to greatness. Like we all agree, of course, that the greatest athlete of all time is Tiger Woods. That's just something that we agree on. (laughs) A couple people. Um, But obviously, again, greatness is is subjective. So some people will say Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete of all time. Some people will say Wayne Gretzky. Some people, uh, Lionel Messi. Everyone has a different uh, person because greatness is subjective, right? And so this morning when we talk about how to be great, uh, I want to talk about how to measure greatness. Now, uh, I'm going to be honest. When it comes to measuring greatness, one thing that I'm always leery of is I'm leery of anyone or anything that bestows the title of greatness upon themselves. People or things that call themselves great, I'm always leery of. Now, uh, this is important to understand because I broke my own rule uh, a number of years back when I went and got my haircut at a place called Great Clips. Now, you need to understand, the reason I went to Great Clips, this is when my wife and I, uh, we had just got married. We moved into a new place back in Edmonton, uh, and literally, like, Great Clips was, like, right behind my house. Like, it was walking distance. And so I know the place called themselves Great, which is a big turnoff, 
but I'm like, you know, it's behind my house. So I'm going to test it out. I'm going to try it out. Let's see what happens. So I went to Great Clips, and uh, it wasn't a great experience. Uh, the first thing that happened is that when I walked in, the lady, uh, when she cut my hair, she, said, she just began to ask me. She said, hey, uh, do you have the Great Clips app? Now, I had an iPhone 7 at the time and great storage problems, uh, so I did not have the Great Clips app. I said, no, I don't, I don't have the app. Uh, why? She said, well, on the app, before you come in, you can actually write what kind of haircut you want. You can write down the exact haircut, and we'll give you that haircut. Um, and I, I figured in my head, like, isn't that why I'm standing here right now to tell you how to cut my hair? Nevertheless, she began to cut my hair. And uh, we're, we're a number of minutes in, and there was uh, a little bit left to be desired when it came to what my hair was looking like. And so she was, like, done. And I said, no, I don't think you're quite done. Um, could you just kind of like fix up here and fix up there? And, and then in the moment, the lady said something that quite surprised me. She said, well, if you would have just had the app, you could have wrote exactly what you wanted. And in my head, I said, I told you exactly what I wanted. You couldn't deliver. So why would the app make any difference? Nevertheless, I left that place and uh, I wasn't too pleased uh, with my haircut. And so I left. When I left, I had three things that, uh, that disappointed me. Number one was my haircut, obviously. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. Number two, I was really annoyed that she kept putting the Great Clips app on me because I didn't want to download the app. But number three, and most importantly, um, if you're going to call yourself great, at least give me a decent haircut. And so I came to the conclusion that Great Clips is not, in fact, great. Now, if you work for Great Clips... Um, <laughs> or you're in any way associated, um, I don't mean to offend you. Uh, this is just my perception uh, that I don't think Great Clips is great. But what's interesting uh, is as I was doing some research on Great Clips, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but Great Clips has over 4,000 locations, and their annual income is over a billion dollars per year. And so I don't consider Great Clips that great, but I wager to guess the people that run Great Clips would say, guess what? We have 4,000 locations. We make a billion dollars a year. I don't care what Harrison said back in 2015. <laughs> We're great. But you see, that's the thing about greatness is that greatness is subjective, right? Everyone has a different definition. Everyone has a different understanding of what greatness is. But I think one thing maybe that we could agree on, and if you guys don't mind just showing me by a raise of hands online, you can give me an emoji. But how many in this room, you want to be great at something? I want to be, like, we all want to be great at something. And on the other end of the spectrum, I would argue not a whole lot of us want to be failures either, right? Like, I don't want to be a failure. I just want to be great. But the question for so many of us is, what does greatness look like? How do I measure greatness? Is it, is it social media? Is it followers? Is it likes? Is it, is it, like, what, what, what is greatness? I just, Harrison, I don't want to be a failure either. Now, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know exactly where it originated, so I'll just take credit for it, um, <laughs> is this. It's not me. Um, it says this, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. I'll read it again. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. And so I think a lot of us strive for greatness. The question is, are we actually doing great things, or are we succeeding in things that don't inevitably matter? A lot of us want to measure greatness by money, 
But the question is, if you have a lot of money but your family doesn't respect you, are you really great? Now, I'm thankful this morning I want to define greatness, and I'm thankful that I don't have to define it because Jesus already has. And so what I want to do is I want to show you what Jesus says about greatness. And the beauty is um, I'm going to give you guys my thesis. I'm going to give you guys my whole message right now. Usually I make you wait to the end, but I'm going to, I'm going to spoil it right now. My thesis, and it comes from Mark chapter 9, this is what greatness is. Verse 35, sitting down, we just read this. Jesus said to the 12, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. So here's my thesis. Greatness is found in service. Greatness is found in service. You want to be great? Serve. It's as simple as that. And some of you guys say, well, I don't know if I can trust that. Um, And again, you don't have to trust the words of Jesus. I just happen to believe that Jesus is God, and you can come to whatever conclusion you want. But I think that if Jesus is God, he created the universe, he created you, he created me, things that I think are pretty great, I'm just going to take his word on it for what he considers greatness. But that's just just me. Um, And so greatness, I think, is found in service as defined by Jesus. Um, And now a lot of you guys thinking, maybe I can just leave right now. I know what's up. I know the whole sermon. Uh, Some of you guys haven't taken notes yet, so you probably won't even remember in 10 minutes. But um, I encourage you to take notes. I really want to break down, though, what service actually means. What does it mean to serve, and what does it actually look like? How do we actually serve? So there's some lessons, because that's kind of the end of the story. I want to go back to the beginning, verse 31, because I think there are some things that we can learn about service, and I hope it's aspects of serving that you've never actually thought about before. So uh, if you're ready, can you just shout, I'm ready? ready. Online, you can just shout, I'm ready at home. Don't scare your neighbors. Verse 31, (laughs) like, ready for what? Uh, Verse 31, it says, because he was teaching Jesus, his disciples, he said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of man. They will kill him, and three days later he will rise, but they did not understand what he meant, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Remember, we saw the end. This is going to go into service, so it connects. But what happens is Jesus is teaching, and he tells them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, killed, raised three days later. The disciples did not understand what he meant. They were afraid to ask. Now, if you've been in church, even if you haven't been in church, you probably know the story of Jesus. At least the alleged story. He was crucified and he rose again. Now, Jesus here seems to be speaking kind of plainly, right? Like how much more clear can he say it? Yet what the Bible says is that the disciples didn't understand. They didn't get it. It seems clear to me, like why didn't they get it? But what you need to understand is that context is everything. And what we know is the whole story. We know how the story goes. In this moment, they didn't know how the story goes. And so what happened, this is really important, they were filtering the whole event through their understanding of what Jesus said. And so the really important thing that Jesus said here, he says, the Son of Man is going to be delivered. The Son of Man, the Son of Man. This is important. Because Son of Man is a title that was used in the Old Testament, in Daniel chapter 7 most specifically, and it was this figure, this heavenly figure, this savior type, that was going to come to the earth, establish his kingdom, bring freedom. And so when Jesus calls himself the son of man, he is taking on that title. And so the the, the followers of Jesus, who were all Jewish, who were all, in a sense, astute, and they knew what the understanding of the son of man meant, all they could filter things through was this idea of power. 
They're like, wow, power. Jesus is going to establish his kingdom. This is going to be awesome. And so when he says in the next sentence, this, this man, this powerful man, this son of man is, not, is going to die, they're confused. Because power and death seem to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. But what happened, and here's the thing I want us to see, instead of asking for clarity, the disciples said nothing. Said they were too afraid to ask him about it. So here's the first thing I want us to understand when it comes to how to be great. I want you to write this down. If you want to be great, ask questions. If you want to be great, ask questions. Now you need to understand something. Questions in life will save us a whole bunch. You see, when Jesus died, when Jesus died, there was a great disappointment. If you guys have read the the, the stories in the Gospels, what happens is when Jesus dies, no one expects a resurrection. Everyone thinks this is the end of the story. And so the disciples are down, trodden. And so this is the thing I want us to understand. Jesus told them plainly he was going to die. But because they never asked any questions, here's the point. They just held to the assumptions that they believed were true. Because they didn't ask questions, they held to the assumptions that they believed to be true. They believed that the Messiah, the Savior, was going to come in power, lead by force. But fear kept them from asking questions, so instead they held tightly to their assumptions. Now some of us are asking ourselves, what does any of this have to do with service? I'll tell you right now. Uh, the reason this relates is because we live uh, in what I call the Twitter world and the social media world. And in the Twitter world, in the social media world, everyone wants to make statements. But very few people want to ask questions. We live in a world where everyone wants to make statements, but very few people are willing to ask questions. And the reason this is important is because when it comes to statements truth statements, things that we believe are black and white, a lot of times what happens is statements begin to create barriers. This is the way it is. This is the truth. This is what is correct. But what happens, I believe, with questions is that questions have a way of opening our minds. And questions have a way of getting us to think again. I would say it like this. Statements closes doors, whereas questions open doors. And one of the things I want us to understand is that it's really hard to serve people when we're closed off. It's really hard to love people when we're closed off. Is anyone listening this morning? Now, here's the thing, because I said we live in the the Twitter world and the world of making outrageous statements and, and wanting to be known. But the truth is, Christians love to make statements, too. Did you guys know that? Christians love to hold things that they believe is the way, the truth. Like one thing, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this one, but I hear it a lot. A lot of people will say, you know what? If Jesus was here on earth today, Jesus would be blank. You guys ever heard that one? You can fill in the blank. If Jesus were here today, Jesus would wear a mask always. Because Jesus loves his neighbor. If Jesus were here today, Jesus would not wear a mask. Because Jesus has faith in God. He has faith. I mean, that's one spectrum. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? If Jesus were here today, Jesus would be protesting. If Jesus were here today, Jesus would never protest. If Jesus were here today, he would say black lives matter. If Jesus were here today, he'd say all lives matter. If Jesus were here today, he would get vaccinated. If Jesus were here today, he'd never get vaccinated. What's funny, and one thing that I like to say, have you guys, anyone heard these statements before? You want to know my statement? I say anyone that thinks they know exactly what Jesus would do on earth thinks way too highly of themselves. Anyone that thinks they know exactly where and what and when Jesus would do, you think you know exactly what God would do. I encourage you to take a step back. Because when I look at the life of Jesus on earth, Jesus was often in the place where no one expected him to be. He was doing the things that no one expected him to do. Jesus was with the people that no one wanted to touch. He was with the people that were considered unclean. Jesus, the king of the universe, his life did not climax on a throne, but it came to a climax on a cross. So if we think that we know where Jesus would and what he would be doing, I encourage you probably, we probably think way too highly of ourselves. You see, what happens, though, with statements is that statements close us off because we believe our way is correct. Whereas questions open our minds to think differently. When I look at Jesus, Jesus asked questions. Jesus said to Peter, who do you say I am? Jesus could have told him, but he says, who do you say I am? Why? Because questions have a way of opening our mind. Now, here's the thing. I want to connect this to service because it's important. It all goes down this line. Jesus says that greatness is found in service. Here's the main point I want us to understand. It is next to impossible to serve someone that you think you are better than. And the truth with statements and the truth with the world that we live in is so often we have these dividing lines and it makes us think that we are better than other people. And one of the hardest ways that Christians flex this is when they say things, truth statements, which are not truth statements, like this is what Jesus would be doing. You have no clue what Jesus would be doing. What happens is these statements divide us. And here's the thing I want to even go a little bit deeper. Because what happens is statements divide us. And more than just divide us, can we just be honest? A lot of times, not only do we think other people are lower than us, we just plain and simply think people are stupid sometimes. I'll tell you this. How can you love someone if you think they're stupid? And so what Jesus is teaching the disciples here is that you need to ask questions. Can I give you guys a practical example? Listen, I'm, getting, I'm just being blunt this morning. I'm being controversial because uh, if you can't do it in church, why not? Uh, let's talk about vaccinations for a second. Can I do that? Who wants to get offended this morning? <laughs> let's just say I made this example up. Let's just say there was someone that believes um, that if you get vaccinated, um, within the vaccination, there's a microchip. And that microchip is going to track you and give all your information to Bill Gates. I have an elaborate imagination. Now, let's just say, for example, someone believes that. Now, the world in which we live today, generally speaking, the easiest thing to do is say, that person is an idiot. Do you know how dangerous, do you know how unscientific that point of view is? You are just wrong. You are so stupid. Hashtag canceled. 
that's kind of like, that's kind of like, can, can we be honest? That's kind of the way the world goes, right? And to be honest, that's the easy thing to do. And in, in, in that example, I'm going to be honest, they're probably wrong. I don't think there's a microchip um, in the vaccination, but I'm not here to make a statement. Um, but the thing is this, and I want to open up our minds a little bit. Um, regardless of what you feel about that person, here's an actual truth statement. Jesus loves that person unconditionally. I said Jesus loves that person unconditionally. And so what happens is it doesn't really matter what we think about them. What really matters is what Jesus thinks about them. And what Jesus thinks about the craziest people, what Jesus thinks about the people that think differently than you, the people that are pro-life, pro-choice, guess what? Jesus loves them all. And so what happens is we want to live in a world of statements. What I want to do today is I want to lead us to greatness, and I believe that greatness begins when we ask questions. So here's a much better thing to do in our, an example of the imaginary vaccination a better thing to do than to call someone an idiot, block them off, is to ask a simple question. How did you come to that assumption? What made you think that way? Can I tell you something? That opens things up way more than statements do. Because statements close us off, and in many times, statements make us believe that we are better than other people. The truth is, the road to greatness is found in asking questions, because questions are the road to grace. Questions are the road to grace because when we understand why people think the way that they think, that will lead us to be more graceful. Now, statements put us above people. Questions many times lead us to a common ground. I'll share another example. Um, I was reading this week about a man named Daryl Davis. Um, and if you've heard about Daryl Davis, uh, he's a great man. Um, he's a black R&B musician. Um, but most importantly, Daryl is known for his fight um, against uh, racism. That's kind of Daryl's big thing. And I was reading about him and, and, and just the work that he's done, and it's quite remarkable. And so in his fight, in his, in his quest to end racism, one of the things that he does is he goes uh, and he interacts with some of what we would consider the most vile people, uh, the KKK and neo-Nazis. Daryl, those are the people that he rolls with as a black man, and what he said when he goes to these people, he said, what I do is I just ask questions. I just ask questions. He says, one of the first questions I always ask is, how can you hate me when you don't even know me? How can you hate me when you don't even know me? And Daryl, in one story, I want to tell you guys this story because you're going to see at the end that he's done some remarkable things. Daryl, at one point, was able to go and he was able to drive um, with a man that is known as the Exalted Cyclops, uh, which is one of the highest ranking officials in the KKK. Um, yes, they kind of have World of Warcraft names, apparently. Um, <laughs> and so he was driving with this Exalted Cyclops, um, and he began to ask him a question. And he just basically said, hey, how did you come to your assumption about me? How did you learn to hate me? And he said, well, simple, it's science. He says, and science tells us that black people have smaller brains and they're predisposed to violence. Now, in case you didn't know, that's not true. When I hear that, it kind of makes my stomach turn and it makes me sick. And I'm not a black man, but Daryl is. But what Daryl does in that moment is instead of making statements like you are an evil and vile person, he has a way of just continuing to ask questions. And so he said to him, he said, I've never killed anyone. 
I've never robbed a bank and I've never hurt anyone. How do you explain me? And the Cyclops said, well, maybe your gene just hasn't come out yet. And what he said back to him, he said, well, let me ask you this. Continues with the question. He said, have you ever hurt someone before? He said, no. He said, can you name for me three black serial killers? He said, no. And what Daryl said, he said, well, I'll name for you three white serial killers. And so he named off three white serial killers. And he said to the Cyclops, he said, are you a serial killer? And he said, no. He said, he said, why? He's like, why would I be a serial killer? He's like, that's stupid. And he said, well, then Daryl said, well, that's the exact same logic that you use with me. It's illogical. And what happened, the conversation ended many months later. Um, that man called Daryl up. And he said, Daryl, I could not stop thinking about the conversation that you had. And what happened by the end of it is this Cyclops not only left the KKK, but as a sign of repentance, he gave his hood and his cape to Daryl. Now, Daryl in his life is credited with influencing over 200 people to leave hate groups and neo-Nazi groups. Over 200 people. In fact, he doesn't just get people to leave the groups. He gets people to change forever. One of the leaders of the group, Daryl, is now the godfather of their daughter. Now, you need to understand something. This is what Daryl says. I want us to read this. This is a quote he says. He says, I've never converted anyone. I just gave them reason to think about their direction in their life. And they thought about it and thought, I need a better path. And this is the way to go. Now, the reason I'm telling you guys this story is not to say that what these people are doing is right. Not in the slightest. But a lot of times we think that the way to fight hate is with hate. But what Daryl does and what he says is this. He says most of the people are just brainwashed to think one way. And they've never had anyone question the way that they think. And so instead of making statements, he says, I just ask questions. Daryl, if you don't know, he's a Christian. He's a man of God. And like I said, he's influenced over 200 people. And I think that Daryl's life is kind of an example of what 1 Peter 4 looks like practically. It says, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. You see, love has this way of opening us up. And this is really important because I'm talking about service. And I'm talking about a world that seems to be more divided by the day. And it's next to impossible to serve people that we think that we're better than, that we think that we know more than. And so one of the ways to open up our minds is to ask questions. And you need to understand, this is very important, people believe crazy, whack, stupid, bad, hurtful things. But the way to get people to change is not through statements, it's through questions, through conversations, and I believe learning to love deeply. The disciples don't ask any questions. And so what happens, this is really important. If you do not ask the right questions in the present, you will ask the wrong questions in the future. So he continues, verse 33. Mark 9, verse 33 says, They came to Capernaum, and when he was in his house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? Jesus, talking about service, uh, the disciples keep walking. They go the opposite direction. Verse 34 says, well, they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. You see, what happens, this is important. When we never ask questions, 
When we never challenge even our own beliefs, we will always believe that what we think is true and what we believe is true. And so for the disciples, they had the assumption that Jesus was going to come in power, that Jesus was going to come in greatness. And no one ever questioned them because they were afraid. They didn't question it. And so what happened is because they didn't ask a question in the moment, as they walked down the road, they asked the wrong question. Because they're thinking about greatness in their perspective. They're like, man, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest? What they did not realize is that Jesus, by talking about his death, was giving them the very example of what greatness was. No greater love than this that someone would lay down his life for a friend. That's what greatness is. But because they held so strongly to their assumptions, they never asked any questions. But I think there's another reason. This is really important. I think one of the reasons the disciples didn't ask a question why they were too afraid to ask was because if they would have done it, they would have had to confront their doubt. They would have had to confront their doubt. What I mean by this is Jesus is talking about power, but then he's talking about death. And to them, power and death are on the opposite end of the spectrums. And if Jesus was truly powerful, he wouldn't just get killed. But instead of of chasing that doubt, what they decided to do was to just bury it. Instead of asking questions, they buried it. Now, I think this is really important, especially when it comes to service and especially when it comes to following Jesus. I think one of the reasons that many of us will not serve, that many of us have troubles following Jesus fully is because we do not confront our doubts. And in church world, it's because we are too afraid to challenge our doubts. And a lot of times in church land, in Christian land, in Christianity, we're even shamed for doubting. Well, don't doubt, just have faith. Well, if you were a strong believer, you would never have any doubt. You would believe everything. Can I tell you something? I think that if you never have any doubt in your life, you're in for a world of hurt. I have a sister, um, She doesn't go to this church, and she doesn't do sound. Um, But she was showing me something recently on TikTok, um, and it really encouraged me to tell her that you need to doubt a little bit more. Um, But she showed me this video, and she said, you're not going to believe this, um, but there's this mad scientist on TikTok. Um, Those things should never go together. Um, (laughs) I don't know if many credible scientists are on TikTok. That could be an assumption. But she said, you're not going to believe this mad scientist on TikTok, he crossbreeds species. She's like, there's videos of half cats, half fish, half bunnies, half dogs. I was like, is there a half human, half horse as well? Um, She's like, no, this is real. You're not going to believe it. And I was like, do you not remember science class? Like, you can't crossbreed species. It's impossible. And she's like, no, it's real. Show me the TikTok. And within three seconds, I found out that it is indeed not real. Um, And so I said, hey, listen, you need to challenge your doubts. You need to doubt things a little bit more. Because what happens is a lot of times we think that the way to truth is to blindly follow. That is not true. The way to truth is to ask questions. And this is so important, especially when it comes to our faith. I will tell you this. One of the reasons, in fact, the only reason I think that I have a strong faith in Jesus is because I have a strong doubt. I don't know if it's a pastoral thing to say, but I doubt all the time. Did Jesus raise from the dead? I believe so. 
But like someone rising from the dead, like that, there's a little bit of doubt there. I read some stories in the Bible sometimes like, man, that is wicked, crazy, wow. But what happens, and the reason I have a strong faith is not because I ignore those doubts, because I, hate, I face them head on. And one thing I've found is that when Jesus, and if he is true, he will make himself to be true. And so a lot of times we think that we need to, we should just bury doubt, never doubt, never, never do anything. But the truth is, I talk to so many people, and what happens is when we suppress stuff, it just builds. I talked to so many people, and they had little problems back in the day. It's like I read a story in 2 Kings. It was kind of weird. But I never, I, never, I never questioned it. We never questioned, so doubt builds and builds and builds. And so people don't begin to ask small questions. One day they ask big questions. Is any of this real? I think it's all a scam. But what happens is when we suppress our doubt, instead of confessing our doubt and confronting our doubt, it just builds. And what happens is that we often end up in the wrong place the wrong time. And I, I, for me, one of the reasons that I think I am where I am today, I had a class when I was in school and a professor. And what he did, he took the most obscure, hard-to-understand stories in the Bible, and he said, I need you guys to understand these. Go through them. Question them. Doubt them. And that actually built my faith. And so I want to encourage you, any single person, maybe you've been in church for a long time and someone just said, believe, brother. <laughs> Have faith, sister. I encourage you, if Jesus is who he says he is, he will make himself known. And so if you have doubts, if you're scared, chase them. Don't suppress them. Don't run away. Find truth. The disciples did not do that. And so what happens is that they begin to doubt. And it's really interesting because when Jesus dies, none of the disciples expected a resurrection. In fact, where they were is they were locked up in a room scared for their life because they never had the courage to ask Jesus what he meant. And I was thinking about it this week, and I thought, man, what if they would have asked Jesus? Because we kind of know the story, and how the story goes is that, like, the disciples don't have faith, and when they see Jesus, they believe, and it's this great euphoric moment, and we say, hey, guess what? No matter how dark your days are, you can believe one day too. And it's kind of cool, but like I was thinking about like, man, if the disciples knew that Jesus was going to die, if they asked questions, like how cool it would have been like when Jesus was dying on the cross, if they were like, ha ha, see you Sunday. <laughs> they thought they got him. <laughs> nope. Like that would be kind of cool if they were the ultimate hype crew. But because they did not challenge their doubt, it led them to ask the wrong questions and inevitably allowed them to live in fear when he actually died. And so Jesus teaches them a very important question, uh, lesson at the end, verse 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and he said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. The servant of all. Now the reason that I started with our thesis that greatness is found in service is because truth be told, especially if you've been in church for a long time, I hope you know by now that you should serve. There's nothing really unique in that. But the reason I wanted to focus so heavily on this idea of asking questions is because I think today, especially in 2021, a lack of asking questions is leading directly to our inability to serve people. You see, the reason I want us to question doubt, or if we have doubts to begin to question, 
is because for so many people, they have this idea, you know what, my faith isn't strong enough. I would serve people, I would love people, I would get more involved in my faith, it's just not, it's not there yet. I need to get there first, Pastor, I'm not there yet. But what I want to say is follow that doubt, serve anyways. Follow that doubt, serve anyways. You don't need to be 100% certain. But I believe in service, in being in the hands and feet of Jesus, Jesus actually makes himself more known. And a lot of times I'll say this, when I'm serving, I really don't have time to, to, to chase my doubts. So I need to love people. I need to serve people. I got things to do. Can I tell you something? And this is really important. We know that greatness is found in service. Here's a place that so many of us miss. Jesus says, the first must be the very last and the servant of all. The servant of all. The servant of the person who thinks differently than you. The person that you want to hate. The person that is the service of all. The servant of all. Now let me tell you this. Because we live in a world right now that claims to be very tolerant and very loving. This is the most tolerant, loving generation of all time. That is not true. We live in a world that loves and tolerates if you believe what they believe. Let me tell you something. A lot of times we say the marker of a Christian is our love. That's not true. Because everyone loves. And everyone loves those who are easy to love. The marker of a Christian is to love everyone. It's to love the people that we disagree with. It's to love the people that have different perspectives than us. It's to love the people that say things, come on somebody, that we don't agree with. Like Harrison, that sounds nice, but are you sure that's biblical? Let's go to Luke chapter six. Jesus says, but you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, if someone calls you an anti-masker, if someone calls you a too scared of life, turn the other cheek. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. What am I saying? Greatness has no barriers. And in a world... And in a time in the last year where there was more barriers built than in the last 10 years, what is going to make us stand out in Christianity is not statements, but it's in love. And it's in asking questions. And the beauty is this. Here's the beauty when it comes to service. God actually lets us play a part in his story. God actually lets you play a part in the story. Can I tell you something? God could have done it all if he wanted to. God could have done whatever he wanted to do, but what he said, he said, you can play a part today. You can be great today. You can serve someone today. You can love someone today. Can I tell you one of the most loving things you can do today? Find a person that you disagree with. And you need to understand, if I've made it seem one way is better than the other, that's never my intention. But whatever spectrum you find yourself on, be it politically, socially, economically, whatever the issue is, find someone that thinks differently and don't try to convince them to think the other way. Ask them a question. Say, I want to understand your perspective because it's impossible to love someone that you think you're better than. Greatness has no barriers. We can start today. I want to encourage you this, and I'll finish with this. We do, we do a class 
Uh, it's called Growth Track at our church. And in one of the weeks, week three, I ask a question and I say, if you could do anything, assuming that there was no chance of failure, money wasn't an issue, what would you do? 97% of people, when they answer that question, when they come to Growth Track, you want to know what they say? They say, I want to be a missionary. And I said, that's amazing. And they say, yeah, maybe one day it'll happen. Maybe one day I'll have the funds or the country. I said, guess what? Here's the beauty. You can start today. I said, you can be a missionary today. You want to know a foreign, crazy world right now? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What if you were a missionary today? What if you said, I I've had enough with the statements. Everyone has statements. I want to ask questions. The people that we work with the people that we brush shoulders with, that we automatically dismiss, what if instead we just began to ask questions and said, hey, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love you today. Let's stand for a second, church. I want to pray. And this is a moment I don't usually do this. I'm raising my hand with you guys because I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you feel like this morning you need to repent, and what repentance is, is basically literally just saying, I need to think again. And if in the last year, in the last two years, last five years, you felt like you've been putting yourself above other people, like the other side is stupid, they don't understand. If that's you this morning, I'm putting my hand up. I want to repent. I encourage you to just raise your hand. I want to pray a prayer of repentance for all of us because I know we're all in this boat. I say, Jesus, I want to think again. God. Right now, I pray in your name. You see all of our hands, Lord. I pray that we repent for thinking the way that we have thought, for putting ourselves above other people, Lord. I pray this week that we can begin to see things through your life, through your eyes, through your lens. I pray, Lord, that we can think again. I pray, God, that we can shut down barriers, break down walls, and love everyone unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus, so much for your goodness. We love you, God. We pray in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. Hey, we would love to connect with you. We would love to get to know you. So why don't you head over to kingdomchurch.ca today, fail the connect card. We would love to get in touch with you, help you walk this journey with Jesus. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time, take care.